Welcome to Political Football Season 2 with Dave and Cleve. How you doing, man? Man, I'm so excited to be back and to be eventually uh, talking talking some football here, catching up on what we missed. I'm, I'm just so excited. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a long offseason. It feels like it's been April forever for some reason. March flew by, February flew by, Super Bowl came and went. And it feels like we've just been in April for two years. So yeah, it's uh, it's finally <laughs> finally moving along here. Uh, how how are you doing though? Like before we get started, like how are, how how is the world of Dave? Uh, so my world is is okay. I'm back to work sometimes. Okay. <laughs> um, not 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 as much as before. Of course, I work in hotels, so it's still it's still a little slow. But uh, uh, things are good. Shout out to my partner Megan. She got her PhD since we congratulations, been away. Megan. Congratulations. Yeah, so, so Dr. Dr. Megan. Um, nice. That's very excited. And yesterday I got my second shot. So in two weeks, I'm good to start seeing other vaccinated people. So that's what's up with me. How are you? I'm doing doing well. I mean, obviously, uh, April is allergy season for me. So I'm fighting through, uh, <laughs> fighting through that. Up and down, this weather's been dog shit because it's been hot one day and 30 degrees the next. So kind of fighting through that. But otherwise, I'm, I'm good. I'm actually trying to get a... Uh, an appointment to get a shot. I'm eligible, uh, and then now I'm super eligible. But um, just tr- just trying to get one, nail one down. Um, you know, I'll see what I can do in the next couple of weeks, so I can actually see you in person again. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. It's been it's been uh, uh, way too long. You were actually uh, a session with you was the first thing I canceled when the, when the pandemic <laughs> broke out. Um, yeah, I remember. Oh. <laughs> um, so yeah, so the one other thing that's going on, I just want to touch on uh, briefly since everybody's got an opinion. How did you feel when the when the verdict came through? Um, actually, man. Uh, so I'm old enough to remember the OJ verdict and going to work that night. It was kind of in that in that space where I, well, the, well, the OJ verdict, I was totally shocked because I didn't think that he would be proven um not guilty but with this one I, I did have some like man this might go the wrong way and this country might burn but um it i think it went the right way um obviously uh anyone that really thinks it didn't i don't know how to debate that except for me saying go fuck yourself but yeah anybody um, anybody who looked at that video and is like uh that was okay that person's a psychopath that you need to avoid at all costs yeah so i i felt justice was served obviously um, you know, for for that family, but obviously it doesn't bring him back, uh, like everyone's been kind of chiming in on. So yeah, I, I I I was like for a second, I was like, wow. And when I heard the first count, which was the big one, I'm like, okay. And then all all two, all the all the other two came in. I'm like, wow, this is a home run. But um, we'll see the sentencing, how that goes. But uh, you know, conviction is one thing, but then the sentencing and the the actual punishment is another. So we'll see how that goes in eight weeks. Yeah, if they give them like uh, three weeks, three weeks community service or something, it's going to be a real, it, it's going to be a real problem. So yeah, I just want yeah. to touch on that. No, I just want to touch on that. Uh, touch on that here. Get your thoughts on it. Now the next thing is has to do with football, but it's still just absolute nonsense. And I'm a, a bit ashamed to say I'm not completely up on the details of the story. All I know is that Deshaun Watson has like 400 people accusing him of yeah. all kinds of just sexual assault and inappropriate, whatever. It's basically Trump. Like it's yeah. the same, like the numbers yeah. are getting the same place. And so like, you know, last season on political football, I actually stand for Deshaun Watson a, a, a couple times because he seemed like an upstanding person and doing things the right way and playing through pain and 
trying to lead his franchise and and all this and it turns out he's an absolute monster which just goes to show that you never really know any of these people unless you happen to know them um yeah, yeah. and so my question though is you know what do you think about the situation and do you think he's going to play this year um, well, I'll answer the second part of that question with a quick, I don't think he's a play this year at all. I don't think that'll happen. If it, if it does happen, it may be because they're whatever quarterback they trot out is down and they have to put him, put him in. But, um, no, I don't, I don't think he's going to play this year. Um, given that now the first part of the question is that I, I don't want to believe it, but when it's just many, it's like the Cosby thing. When one, two came out, you're like, okay, they're trying to drag Bill through the mud. But then when it when it gets to multiple, I'm talking double digit uh, accusers, accusers, excuse me, then it kind of says, man, what what kind of character is this person? But I just find the timing of it, him wanting a trade and him wanting, well, actually just wanting out, uh, that this came up. I wonder to you, uh, punting to you, do you think that had nothing happened with him wanting to get out of there, like what this had surfaced, or it didn't matter, like it was just a ticking time bomb, and it would, you know, it was going to come up anyway. So I don't think that I don't think that it's connected. The football side and the criminal allegation side is is connected. It's not like the owner. I mean, the owner of the of the Texans is just a complete asshole. I mean, that's not let's get that straight. But it's not like mm-hmm. he's they're gonna bribe his quarterback to stay because it looks terrible for the organization to have your franchise player doing this anyways. So it's mm-hmm. just way around. If I was the owner and I knew this, I'd want to trade him before anybody else found out. I want to get full value and then trade him away. And now he's getting suspended from the Dolphins and you got yeah. first round or whatever. So I don't think I don't think that's the case. Um I think that I think the reason they couldn't trade him when he wanted to be traded is this. I think the reason that he wanted so much say, like in the hiring process for the new head coach, and then he ended up not getting any mm-hmm. was because of this. Right. You know, the ownership was like, yeah, we'll listen to you, what you have to say. Then they do a full 180 and we're all like, God, what what a bunch of jerks. How are you not listening mm-hmm. to Deshaun? But really, they didn't listen to Deshaun because he's R. Kelly. So, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, a part of me doesn't want to believe it. But then another part of me, um, if you if there's a victim of something um, and and they're not getting their platform, it, it's kind of it's kind of shot out. I, I remember telling someone a few weeks ago that um other than a couple of outlets, there was no traction on the story. Like, you know, it wasn't carried by any major network that says, oh, this is happening. We only got the sports stuff like ESPN and and, and Fox and FS1, stuff like that. But I'm like, it wasn't like, all right, now we're at 29 accusers and it's, you know, there's some kind of thing going on. You know, even some of the, some of the talking heads have kind of abandoned it um, more or less. They haven't been giving it any oxygen, at least from my perspective. I just think that um, if he does have a problem, uh, it seems like it's so far, it seems, and again, I'm just speaking off the cuff here. It seems like it's it's nothing criminal just yet, meaning that there wasn't a, a sexual assault per se, like rape, forcible rape or, or sodomy or anything like that. It's just that he's a kind of a psycho with you know with getting massage uh happy endings or whatever it is i just think that with these guys and the money that they make how hard is it just to get one person to travel with you or be at your beck and call to do this with versus a whole bunch of people and then it's the same mo you know people that are that are that don't know each other are giving a similar story 
you know, you're gonna meet someone at a hotel room. Like, are you nuts? Are you nuts? I don't know. So it's it's going to be criminal. He's going to have double digit criminal complaints against him. Um, eventually, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm certainly not a lawyer. Um, yeah. But like, it seems like civil cases move faster. Like the Minneapolis settled with George Floyd's family long before Derek Chauvin even started his trial. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, he's. It's gonna be. It's gonna be multiple criminal complaints. I think there's already two actually. Yeah. Just yeah. There's. there's it, I know that there was one. Yeah, I, um, I um I hope I hope I mean you and I are old enough to remember watching a ton of football and every season, and I'm pretty sure there's a rookie symposium somewhere. Mm -hmm. This is going to be a cautionary tale this year that when they get to rookie camp, that they're going to talk about this. And I just don't know how many times that these guys not see the examples before them and still walk down this road. I just it blows my mind because he his career may be over. Well, yeah, it probably it probably should be. It, it sounds like he should probably be spending a long time in prison. I mean, each yeah. one of these is a separate count. Like, yeah. yeah, he's not gonna be able to play ball when he's sixty. <laughs> he no, gets out. No. Um. So yeah. So so there was that, and then we have uh, some big NFL news, which is the NFL is going to an eighteen-week season in seventeen games. Yeah. I thought this was. First of all, I think this is a huge mistake. Oh yeah, uh, I agree. I you agree. know, it's going to make him a lot of money. From a daily fantasy perspective, it's good because there's an extra week to play. But outside of that, it's terrible. So the first thing I thought of with this is that are we going to start seeing load management in the NFL like we see in the NBA? You I, know? I absolutely think so, yeah. I mean, yeah, think I mean, of a... Go ahead. Sorry, uh, think of a trap game where it's a meaningless game. You've already seated, you know, your, you've already got your spot secured. Um, I'm not going to trot out my guy. For what? Try out my quarterback, or you know, try out a, a, a marquee player because yeah. of what? To win a game that's meaningless for us, or you get to the point in the season where like your season is lost, and you guys are like, I'm shutting it down. You know, Deshaun played through <laughs> through a bad season, but guys could say, you know what, man, I'm not going to play 18 weeks because we're playing for nothing. I'm no, you're playing for your paycheck, but I'm not playing for any kind of contention. So why even go out? So that's going to create a lot of problems. The other problem is, is that they just kind of took away a preseason or two game to add this extra game, basically. You know, that's how I see it, which they should have. Five preseason games is it's stupid, you know? Yeah, the whole the whole thing is is concerning. You know, let's say you're the Chiefs. You know, mm -hmm. you're 12-5. You're still making the playoffs. We just saw the Bucks come through as the wild card. Like, why would you, why would you even risk it? Uh, this also means that depth is going to become a lot more important. Um, not just for load management, because there's going to be more injuries where you're going to have to start hitting contributors consistently in the fourth round as well. Um, mm -hmm. And not just taking shots because you're going to need more depth on your teams. I mean, but it's the thing too. It's not like each game is at equal risk for injury. As the season goes along, each game becomes more risky because of the damage to the body. Yes. So, so like adding another game is way more dangerous. I just, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't. I mean, I understand why they did it, but I think it's just a terrible thing to do. Why do you think they did it? Because it makes them more money. Well, it's yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's a revenue cow, obviously, and they're they're probably going to make up what the pandemic lost. But I mean, um, you know, if it's if it if this is someone who, you know, who's making fringe money, it might it might benefit them. But again, yes, you know, I I think you make a great point about 
the load management part of it and also adding some depth depth to your roster because uh, you're gonna stockpile some running backs because you know week 16 you know your guys beat up I'm gonna need him for the playoffs so why play him the next two games let somebody else get some shine yeah absolutely uh, the next the next thing I want to talk about here are some of the new coaches that were hired since we last recorded. I'm pretty sure they were hired since we last recorded. Either mm-hmm. way, I don't think we discussed them yet. There's only three that I really wanted to talk about because we talked about the Lions hiring their idiot knee-biting coach. Uh, we <laughs> talked about the Jets hiring the, Robert Sala, which was a good hire. But there are three I wanted to talk about. The first is Arthur Smith, who was the offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, who left to become the head coach at Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure how he's going to be as a head coach. I'm not sure how important this is going to be for the Falcons. But this is going to be very damaging to Tennessee. Why why would you say that? Because he was the offense, right? Their head coach is Mike Vrabel. He's a defensive guy, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Ryan Tannehill was terrible with Adam Gase because everybody's terrible with Adam Gase. And then he was good with Arthur Smith. So the question is, we don't know which one is true. Is Ryan Tannehill with Adam Gase the truth, or is with Arthur Smith the truth? So both Ryan terrible. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would, I would punt back to. I think you're right. Anyone with Gase doesn't look good, <laughs> except Peyton Manning. But Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning before Adam Gase. So I don't, right. you know, him still riding that coattail makes no sense to me. But yeah, you're right. I, 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 I think that you had um, hit a nerve with. If their if their offensive talent um, at the at the at the play calling is leaving, it leaves a hole, you know, in the, in in that uh, coaching staff. So hopefully they elevated somebody that was helpful in that regard. But yeah, you're right; it does pose a, a really big um, problem for Tennessee because uh, you know maybe they won't use Derrick Henry as their premier guy. Well, that's the thing, you know, the, the offense is very unique and Arthur Smith designed it, you know, this power running play action, you know, can somebody else just come in and recreate it? And if you have to try to do something different, do they have the personnel to do something different? So I think that's a bigger loss for Tennessee, the potential gain for Atlanta. The next yeah. coach is Nick Sirianni, who's the new head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I think this guy might be like secretly dumb. <laughs> if he portrays himself well. But then he, like, every so often, he's got these quotes, like, um, he refuses to name Jalen Hurts the starter because he believes in competition. Like, bro, everybody believes in competition. Like, that's not yeah. saying anything. Who, who are you yeah. going to start? Yeah. <laughs> Resign Like, what are you going to, like, Jalen Hurts is the starter in your team. You just traded Carson Wentz. Like, yeah, well, well, he. He he's in a he's in a tough spot because he's coming into a fractured locker room, and when, and when I mean fractured is that the fallout from from Wentz and then Hurts. So you have a quarterback that you jettisoned out of there, not him, but obviously the the upper brass out of there because of of poor play, and then you have a quarterback that you don't know what's what it is yet that you're gonna do with them. Um, his pressure didn't give him any any help. <laughs> right. Um, you know, and again, I get it. You're nervous. It's the biggest, it's the biggest job of your life. Probably, you know, it's, it's, this is one of 32, 31 jobs in the entire world to do what you do. But, um, I guess, I guess you're right. You know, saying some of the cliche things, like I believe in competition. Yeah, you're right. Everyone believes in competition. So what is your plan? What is, what is your boots hit the ground? What are you going to do? So yeah, he's a, it's an interesting thing in Philly because, as we know, in Philly, they boo Santa Claus. So, <laughs> good luck right. with I, that, brother. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, 
you know, and you mentioned it too, they had a fractured locker room. So why are you going to keep it fractured by not naming a starting quarterback, especially when it's obvious who's going to start? Like the exactly. team a second round pick on him. It's like he was a seventh round pick who came out of nowhere. He was a yeah. second round pick last year. Yeah. Like obviously he's gonna be he's gonna be the guy. So you get rid of the coach, you get rid of Carson Wentz, you trade Zach Ertz for a bag of footballs, and like you start over. And this guy's like, oh, I don't know. I believe in competition. So, anyways, I think he's fired in three years. I don't think he's that bright. Um, yeah. uh, of course, I said the Bucks are frauds. So I've been known to be wrong. Um, and then the next thing is that the Chargers coach is a complete unknown. And Cleve, can you name the new Chargers head coach? No, I have no clue who he is. Yeah, his name is Brandon Staley. Do you know who that is? Uh, no. Absolutely exactly. don't have a have a have a clue. Exactly. He is he is 38 years old, which makes him my age. Um he was last year he was the DC for the Rams for one year. Mm. And See, now like basically it's like if you know Sean McVay, you can get hired. Not everything I've seen from him so far, I, I haven't seen anything wrong, like nothing discouraging. He's not biting kneecaps or spitting cliches, as near as I can tell. Mm-hmm. But like this could explode in any direction. He could be the next Bill Belichick. He could be the next Matt Patricia. Because, like, literally, there's nothing to be known about him. See, this... So, so there is something to this. Um, and I hope we can't... Ve- you know, we're not going to veer on a crazy off-ramp here. Like, this is the thing about the NFL that I don't understand. Actually, the NBA as well. Like, you're... Some of these unknown guys get, get jobs. And there's so many guys that are sitting in positions. Eric Bieniemy, to name one, that mm-hmm. has credentialed themselves and you know they're they're here they're in the building they're you know in the league they have won playoff games and super bowls and whatever else and you get a guy that just comes out of nowhere so yeah this is this is to me it's a disturbing trend that you and i couldn't even name who this guy is but we could probably name about four guys in the league of color you know it doesn't have to be black but of color um that that are probably better than this guy i'm not i'm not wishing him bad luck by any means but what i'm saying is that this was really kind of messed up that this guy who's in virtually unknown gets a a top job in the nfl this is this is ridiculous to me yeah i uh, i i completely agree with that and again it's out, it's like the steve nash thing i'm not like i know i'm not saying bad against brandon staley he could this could be a great hire but it's weird to me that that you would see this person as more qualified than eric the enemy yeah yeah, I mean that's the that's the one that 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 keeps escaping escaping me, you know. Let alone that he doesn't get the job, but just to get a opportunity to interview, get him in the building, it's crazy. Exactly. I mean that's 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 exactly right. The next thing I wanted to discuss here, as we as we sort of catch up, are some of the bigger free agent signings that have happened during the offseason. NFL free agency is crazy. It's a whirlwind. If you if you don't pay attention for a day, you can miss some. Mm-hmm. So the first we have the Arizona Cardinals signed JJ Watt and AJ Green. AJ Watt, man. <laughs> Let's um, you know what, man? I uh, and again, I don't know if this is this is true or not, but obviously allegations float around that he's a he's a he's a stat guy. He's a me stat guy. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't really care about the uh, the extent of the team really winning. Um, or losing or whatever, but as long as I get my touch, I mean, I'm sorry, my uh, my rushes, my my tackle count, and my sacks. Um, so yeah, we'll see how that you know breaks out. But I, I don't think that was a, a great pickup for him. But um, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I don't. I I think he's sort of. 
I think he's still an above average pass rusher, but an average player now. So it's like as a situ- situational third down pass rusher, he might still be elite, and that could really help when you have um, Matt Stafford, um, Russell Wilson, and whoever San Francisco is going to draft, which we'll get to in the division. I mean, that could be that that could be helpful. And then you have AJ Green signing, so you have AJ Green and Larry Fitzgerald. So. I mean, the guy's ten thousand years old. So <laughs> yes, like... <laughs> uh, with, with with no knees. I'm pretty sure at this point I can run faster than AJ Green. So um, imagine if they have Fitzgerald and Green on the outs, like on bookends. That's insane. <laughs> and of course, there's rumors that Fitzgerald's going to retire. He might have even retired, and I missed it. Like because it's the same thing every offseason for the last six years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, having having both of them there is crazy. Okay, for the Bills, we have Mitch Trubisky, a one year deal, and Manny Sanders. <laughs> um, yeah, so backing up Josh Allen, similar type player. If Josh Allen goes down, get him with a better coach. You know, Trubisky, he's a decent Ryan Tannehill candidate to go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Okay, so mm-hmm. I don't hate the signing, but like it, it's like it's not going to change anything for Buffalo. Um, the Bears, though. Signed Andy Dalton to a one-year, ten million dollar deal to be the Jesus. starting quarterback, and then they franchise tagged Allen Robinson. So, this one I do want to talk about just for a second. So the Bears hang on to their GM, hang on to their coach. They easily could have fired both of them with no problem. Move on from Mitch, move on from the coach, move on from the GM, completely start over. Um, and then you could either sign and trade or just let go of Allen Robinson because he's not going to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Instead, they bring back the GM, bring back the coach. They can't trade for Russell Wilson. The franchise tag Allen Robinson they have to pay him this year, lose him next year. Dalton's on a one-year deal. So next year, they're gonna they're gonna win six games. They're gonna cut Andy Dalton, lose Allen Robinson, fire the coach, fire the GM. They're just putting themselves behind one year for no reason. Yeah, I mean, well, that reason could be, and you could better tell me than I could tell myself. That reason could be that the next whatever draft crop is coming, maybe there's a there's a gem there that they're waiting for because they're obviously self-tanking their season. Like they're they're gonna <laughs> they, they, six games, I'm giving them four. I'm giving Don't forget to play 17 now. Um so six games <laughs> is as good as um the uh, yeah but there's five you have to be in a position to capitalize when it ends for Green Bay. When Aaron Rodgers retires or bounces, and they finally bring in somebody who's not a Hall of Fame quarterback who's had for 30 years, you need to be in position to get there. Just like the Bills were best positioned to take over for New England when it finally yeah. happened for New England. The yeah. Bears are just delaying this process for a year when Aaron Rodgers is 36. It, 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 it's mind-blowing. Like, it's absolutely yeah. mind-blowing. Anyways, I agree. The I agree. Um, the Bengals, the only thing I noted for the Bengals is they cut Geno Atkins. So... They're yeah. obviously, you know, they're they're in a full full rebuild mode. The Cowboys, Dak gets his money four years, one hundred sixty million, one twenty six guaranteed. I uh, I think it, you know, I think it it came obviously uh, unceremoniously, but um, I think the guys worked it, especially if you're if you're giving guys like Andy Dalton a shot still. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Dak, you know, Dak's proven, and again, I would say this until the cows come home. Up until he got hurt, he was leading the league statistically in a lot of categories. And, and then, yeah. of course, he went down. So, obviously, if anyone who's a Dallas fan thinks that he's not worth the money or they should have waited or whatever, come be a Jets fan. Let me know how that feels. Yeah. Tell you what. If you are mad at the contract you just signed with Dak Prescott, I will happily trade you Jared Goff for Dak Prescott tra- straight up. 
Because Goff contract could be up in two years, right? Dak yeah. is for at least four more years. So tell you what, I'll take Dak for four years. You guys take Jared Goff for two, and we'll see what happens. Exactly. Right. It's nuts. <laughs> um, the Packers made a very interesting move. So they didn't franchise tag Aaron Jones because to put him on the tag, I think they had to pay him like $16 million a year. Thanks, okay. Le'Veon Bell. So they didn't tag him, and they were able to bring him back for four years for $38 million. Right. So they got him, what, like nine and a half mil a year instead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Brought him back, got him signed. And they were, because like the Packers know that, the, that people aren't supposed to pay for running backs. That yeah. running back is very replaceable, which is going to come up again later. So, like, you know, they get, a, I think, four years for 38 million for Aaron Jones is actually a little overpriced, but really they got him locked in for while they have Rodgers. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, I, I, I agree with that take uh, wholeheartedly. Right. Yeah. Uh, doesn't, you know, it doesn't do you any favors to, <laughs> you know, over overpay for running back because right. uh, a la Zeke. Yes, but but the Packers are going for it right now. It's like we got Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, two more years. Let's try yeah. to get one. So so I mean I I can see it. Um the Texans are a complete dumpster fire. That's actually the note that I have. Complete yeah. dumpster fire. They did sign Tyrod Taylor for one year. Jesus. So uh, I guess it's punctured lung. Is it is it was his lung? I can't remember what it was. Yes, yeah. The yeah. doctor perfectly punctured his lung and he lost his job to Justin Herbert because of it. Now he's a now he's a Houston Texan where he will probably be the starting quarterback this year. Uh because remember yeah. the Texans the Texans should have the third overall draft pick, but they traded it to Miami for Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, and they did, I mean obviously they didn't know that this would happen with their quarterback, so <laughs> Yep. Um yep. it's just funny that they could have their pick of, you know, three out of the five top QBs and they're just not going to. So, you know, anyways, that's the Texans for you. The Chiefs signed Joe Tooney, an offensive lineman, five years, $80 million. Because it's Jesus. pretty clear he's like, they need to protect the quarterback. The Bucks getting that pressure is yep. why they lost. Yep. So, you know, they're, and I think in the, in the draft too, next episode, we're going to go through a mock draft. And I think there is no chance the Chiefs do anything but take an offensive lineman. Um, yeah, not a, yeah. Yep. Uh, the Dolphins signed Will Fuller to a one-year prove-it deal, which I think is very interesting. It gives him Devontae Parker, Preston Williams, Mike Gesicki, um, Will Fuller to, with Tua. Plus, they, they're currently sitting six in the draft. We'll talk about how they got there, but they're currently in the sixth spot, which if quarterbacks go in the first four positions, means they can get one of their top two pass catchers as well. This team could be absolutely loaded for Tua, which, real, which is the way to do it. Because like you can't know, well, did he have nobody to throw to? Did he have no weapons? Like, no, you have this entire team full of people. Go and do it. But yeah, one-year deal for Will Fuller. He's going to be suspended the first two games. Mm. Okay. Uh, yep. Um, okay, then we have the Patriots. Um, and I don't want to risk our producer cutting my mic here. But uh, they re-signed Cam. They signed John Smith. They signed Hunter Henry. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They re-signed Kyle Again, so um, I said that these moves that the Patriots made, I don't understand how, even though you know, Aguilar, Henry, Van Noy, Janu, Cam, they're all good individual and they're good signings, but together, I just don't see them coming together to be better than Buffalo. Yeah, no, I mean, as of right now, um, in that in that division, in my division, basically, um. Uh, the Bills are the new Patriots for not for right now. Like they're they're our representative um, in in this grand scheme of things. Uh, they they're more stacked. They they have more cohesion. 
Uh, I clamored for Cam to stay in New England. Um, in, in obviously last year, a unique year for a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of players going into a new system. Um, I think for Cam is obviously a make it or break it. If he doesn't do anything this year with with New England, that ship has sailed, and maybe his ship has sailed probably in, in the NFL because um, you know this guy's a you know he's a good talent, but um, again he's in a tough situation and you know he's with a team that doesn't really kind of lay out for like the top notch talent. You know, didn't um didn't Jules retire? Yes, just very recently, Julian Edelman just uh, just retired. Um, you think he's a Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll, we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah, like, like not even, <laughs> like, like not even, not even close. He's like 156th all time in yards, and like 92nd all time in catches. Hey, hey, wait a minute! In the playoffs, he's he's only behind Jerry Rice in in reception. Jerry Rice is 151. I think Jules like 118, 119 in, in yes. post please in post please in. in postseason play so yeah yes, and that and that's why tom brady is the best quarterback of all time so <laughs> um now we have the new york giants so for our listeners who like the giants and so we don't talk about the giants and we don't say nice things about the giants i'm about to say something nice about the giants okay the new york giants signed leonard williams three years 63 million dollars they signed adory jackson three years 39 million dollars and they signed kenny galladay Four years, $72 million away from my Detroit Lions. All three of these are great signings for the New York Giants. They have these three players. They have Saquon coming back. They Mm -hmm. have the 11th overall pick in the draft. Very similar now to the Tua situation. This is it for Danny Dimes. Oh, yeah. If you can't can't get them at least to a um, postseason berth, you're done. Yeah, or like... At least nine and seven, uh, or nine and eight. Sorry, this is gonna take some getting used to. Nine and eight, you know, ten and seven, something like that. Because, you know, that th- I think that division actually got a lot better all the way around, except for Philly. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, like this this team, they really loaded up. It's like the opposite of the Patriots. I look at these three signings. I'm like, these are all extreme different makers. I mean, Leonard Williams drafted by the Jets. You know what he's about, Kenny yeah. Gallagher. Kenny Galladay is the absolute man. I'm not sure that this is a great fit for him, like personnel wise, but like he's he's amazing. So, uh, yeah, the Giants and the Giants have just they, they got to get it done this year. Like they, there there are no excuses this year. I, I mean, I think the coach is not good. I think he's you know one of these you know idiot doesn't know anything sort of coaches, and the GM mm-hmm. is awful. But they still may have just backed into just throwing money around to solve their problem. I think um I think the only pro- the only hiccup I see obviously is the quarterback from my you know from my perspective, judging on that. Uh I think that they did make some really good offseason moves and they, you know, they paid the right guys, they got the stuff in there. But I think if you're if you're Galladay, you're coming from a Matthew Stafford to a Daniel Jones. I don't yeah. know how that's gonna work. Because again, you know, this guy's used to getting downfield, and you know, we don't know if the the cannon is there for for Danny Dimes. So we'll, it's interesting that you got a racehorse that's going to be in a pony show. So we'll see. Yes, no, I think for Galladay though, I mean, so either it's going to work with Danny Dimes, and then it works, or it won't with Danny Dimes, and next year the Giants will have a new quarterback, and then we'll get a quarterback to go with Galladay because now Galladay will be there. So I yeah. think either way, it's either going to work. Or Galladay has to wait a year, and he'll make $18 million while he waits. So, <laughs> he's probably okay. Uh, also, good for him. I'm so happy for him. I, You know, obviously, I'm sad he left Detroit. 
but it was the right move for the team for the lions given where they're at because they're all idiots and then it's really good for, i'm so happy like he's like a third or fourth round pick 72 million dollars thanks for everything go get your money um <laughs> the 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 new york jets signed carl lawson three years 48 million dollars and Corey davis three years 37 million dollars cleave i would love to get your thoughts on these signings um man, I honestly not i'm not excited um and again this is this is me speaking not for the entire jets kingdom or whatever you want to call it i i just think that um we are we let a quarterback out the building that wasn't we don't know what he is basically because of adam the adam gates experiment yep. um i think that our focus obviously is going to be to draft to get a quarterback and i can actually get excited then but these two guys they don't really excite me the needle has not moved much for me so i i'm going to reserve my comments until actual preseason and and see if if this was worth the the money yeah i think that you're the jet so you have to pay a bit of a premium to bring guys in when you're not very good you don't have a good track record you know it just you might have to overpay a little bit so yeah, I mean, I mean, it. See, the Jets is a peculiar thing uh, as far as demo, like the region of the country that they're in. They're in a great market, so for guys trying to get there, but the team sucks. So it's like it doesn't matter how great the market is and the draw and the allure of coming to play in New York. It's like you're coming to play for a a uh, a team that's really not produced anything in the last probably year. Uh, you have to. Open that pocketbook a little bit. Okay, Steelers. Uh, oh, sorry. One more thing. Uh, you you alleged that getting rid of the quarterback. So for the listeners who may not know, the Jets traded Sam Donald to the Panthers for what amounts to a mid first round pick, but it's other things. It's like a couple thirds and a fifth and whatever. Um, and I think it was a good trade for both teams. And I think Sam Donald could actually he 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 would be my pick of all these quarterbacks have struggled so far to end up being the next Ryan Tannehill to go somewhere else and be good again because of Adam Gase. So um yes. the next thing we have here we have the Steelers who re-signed Juju Smith Schuster to a one year eight million dollar deal, which I was very confused about. A lot of most teams only offer Juju one year. I mean I'm sure the Jets offered him eight hundred million dollars, but he wanted to play for <laughs> um mm-hmm. and so he re-signed for one year for $8 million. Rumor has it, strong rumor, has it that both the Chiefs and the Ravens offered him more money. Wow. And he chose and, to stay with Pittsburgh. Hmm. That's 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 kind of head-scratching. Yes. That's the same thing. I've been thinking about, I've been thinking of this for a couple weeks now, and I, I know Big Ben's coming back for, for one more year, but like, I, the Chiefs, the Chiefs offer you a one-year deal. Like, if you go to Kansas City, you put up you, numbers on a one-year deal, win a Super Bowl, then you go sign with the Lions for $400 million. I don't... Um, I, You know what? There's... I mean, they resigned Tomlin. For me, Juju's biggest problem is, I think, his maturity. Um, Doesn't make really good decisions to me. That's just me. Um... But yeah, I mean, this is uh, this is also shows you that the Chiefs of all teams, not anyone else, the Chiefs, a Super Bowl contender, right? Like just that alone, forget the money. Like I'm gonna show up and try to get a ring here, and no one's playing for a contract; they're playing for a championship. 
you know, yeah, the money matters. You know, I'm not saying that, but you're, it's like you're, you're being offered a golden ticket. Like, you know what? No, no, no. I'm, I think I'm good here. I'm good here. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I felt, I felt that very confusing. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are bringing back all 22 starters from the Super Bowl team. Yeah. I mean, smart. I mean, what are you going to do? Yeah, that required some players like to take less money or Chris Godwin yeah. a one-year deal because he could have gone. I mean, if Corey Davis got three years, thirty-seven million, Chris Godwin, you know, he could have gotten sixty million. So yeah, re, I mean, rerun it. You know, why not rerun it? it, it if you can, know, and even if you don't get, against, yep. yeah. Um, they also brought in Giovanni Bernard. I don't think which was. It's just, it's just like Tom Brady loves to have eighty-seven running backs on his team. <laughs> <laughs> like we got Ron Jones, Leonard Fournette, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, now Gio Bernard. They'll probably draft somebody in the third round just because that's what Tom wants. It's ridiculous. I think, I think he may be, he may be currency at some point, or one of those guys might be at some point. Yeah. Um, I, I get why Fournette makes sense and stuff like that. Uh, the only thing I could think of. Of Giovanni is that he could catch out of the back. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and then we have the Washington football team. Mm. The Washington football team signed cornerback William Jackson III, three years, $42 million, mm. which is actually a really big signing for them because their defense is already elite. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So and yeah. another. They signed, they signed Curtis Samuel for three years, $34 million. Mm hmm. Um, and of course, that reunites Curtis Samuel from Carolina with Ron with Ron Rivera um, in Washington. And then the big one for you, Cleveland. I'll let you talk about this. They signed one year, ten million dollars. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Jesus. <laughs> well, you know me. I um, I think his numbers because he played for every team probably at this point. He's he has Hall of Fame numbers. Uh, he's actually. He's actually a guy. Like he he's a 50-50 guy. He decimate you in yeah. games. Um, good for him, man. I I honestly did, uh, did he go to Harvard? Yes, one yeah. of them. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> so yeah, you know he's made he's probably the best business person in in in, in the NFL. Or either him or his agent because the guy keeps keeps reappearing. And I actually like him. I actually like yeah. him. I didn't like I didn't like him for us because we obviously overpaid and you know we we got our money in picks. But um, yeah, uh, good for him, man. I, I it just to tells you tells you how how crazy that situation is over there. Now is uh is um his backup? Obviously, I don't know if he's starting or maybe competing for a starting job. Who is uh, the guy? Who's still there? So Dwayne Haskins is gone, obviously. Yeah, Alex Smith retired. So, do you remember who who started the la who started the playoff game for Washington against Tampa Bay this year? Oh, uh, Jesus! Give me the name. I, I see the guy. I just yeah. can't. I don't think Taylor Heineke. <laughs> yeah, so Taylor Heineke is there competing, which is to say that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be starting. Yeah, he's going to um, walk into the start. <laughs> yep. So. Um, I actually bet I was able to bet the Washington football team at ninety to one to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> one hundred eighty dollars. Big spender. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> okay. So, 
now I want to transition into talking about the draft. Um, not the upcoming draft that's next week. That will be next episode. I want to talk like a bit of an overview mm -hmm. about the draft. Uh, because, you know, a lot of times if you watch ESPN, they talk about the same like six people. Mm -hmm. um, they don't really talk that much about draft strategy or mm -hmm. what, it means to draft. But, you know, what do we do? We talk about the giant bus. We talk about Ryan Leaf, right? Or we talk about great players that come out of nowhere, like Alvin Kamara in the third round. And I think it's important to really look at like how you're supposed to draft and what makes a successful draft. So just a general draft overview. How does that sound? That sounds great. Let's, let's, let's go. Let's do it. All right. So the first thing is that um, a lot of fans think that the NFL, that one NFL draft can completely turn their team around. But the thing is, if you look year to year, teams that are bad and they draft well, they're still bad the next year because it's only part of an overall thing. So especially for the Lions and the Jets, because we draft high all the time. We're like, okay, this is, this is the dude. I mean, in four years, the Lions drafted Stafford, Calvin Johnson, and Dominican Sue. They made the playoffs twice, right? Mm. So even if you smash the draft, it's not the only thing that you need to get right, but it's still a very important thing to get right. And more importantly, getting it right is not getting it wrong, right? What you don't want to do is spend draft capital on players that are bad. You'd mm. rather draft somebody who's all right than somebody who's bad. Drafting somebody who's going to be an all pro is amazing and more of like a lottery, like a like a, a lottery ticket, right? Mm -hmm. Um, the next thing is understand is that value changes by team situation. Teams that are already good can take more risks when they draft. They can draft riskier prospects and they can draft riskier positions. Mm -hmm. Um, teams that are bad need to get good at the most important positions, which are quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback, and pass rush. Yes. Right. You need those. Offensive line is is critical as well, but there's you can get good offensive linemen players later. So they don't come up as much in the first round because you can get star offensive linemen on day two, day three, even later. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, if you're a good team, take a swing on that tight end prospect, right? If you're a bad team, Detroit, stop drafting tight ends. Well, maybe not this year. Um <laughs> Uh, this year, this year there, there might be an exception. Um, uh, so yeah, the, your first round picks should your first round pick should always be a quarterback, wide receiver, pass rush, or a cornerback. Except unless you have extreme mitigating circumstances, which like a third of the league will have. Like either you're already good, you're set at those positions, you have multiple first round picks, right? There, there can be some reasons why you don't do that. But really, quarterback, wide receiver, pass, rush, cornerback. That should be the focus for the first round. If you're not drafting one of those positions, you better have a good damn reason why you're not taking one of those. I mean, um, I mean, I mean, being the Chiefs would be that reason. If you're the yeah. Chiefs, like you don't need it. Right. But, but to that point, first round picks at any other position, they had better not miss. You can miss on a quarterback in the first round because it's worth the risk. You can miss on a wide receiver in the first round because it's worth the risk. You cannot miss on a safety in the first round. If you take a safety, it better be Jamal Adams. Sorry. It better be Troy Palomalu. Right? Mm -hmm. You better not bust on your safety pick in the first round. Right? Yeah. I agree. So if you're going to take somebody, and, and the higher in the first round you are, the better that pick had better be. Mm -hmm. Right? 
2014 NFL draft. Do you remember who the Jets took? In which one? In which draft? 2014. 2014. No. So I pulled up the 2014, the 2014 draft here. And this is a huge draft, right? And so again, you want to take pass rush, quarterback, wide receiver, or cornerback, first and foremost. And we're going to go through and show exactly why this is the case. Okay. The first overall pick in 2014 was Jadavion Clowney for Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Was he the best player in the draft? No, he wasn't. He was the best prospect. He's a pass rusher. Perfect pick, right? Best measurables, plays the right position, take him first, no problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the second overall pick by the St. Louis Rams was an offensive tackle named Greg Robinson. Okay. Total bust, right? Yes, Greg. Complete, yes, Greg. Complete bust. Now, they didn't need a quarterback at the time, so quarterback was not in play for them. If, if they had taken Sammy Watkins, who was the next hard receiver off the board instead, then even though Sammy Watkins was not should not have been a top five pick in hindsight, it would have been much better than missing on Greg Robinson. Missing on Sammy Watkins is better than missing on the offensive line. Correct. Yes, I agree. I mean, okay. you, know, you want the weapons. Right. If they had taken the next pass rusher off the board, it would have been Khalil Mack. Oh. And so this is what I'm saying. Like, Greg Robinson was a perfectly fine prospect. I didn't expect him to be a bust. But if you you can't take that risk at number two for an offensive lineman, you have to take it at wide receiver or pass rush or defensive back, right? Yeah. You, and the way I like to yeah, go ahead. No, no, yeah, you 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 make a great point. You wanna if you're good if you have that that chip in your hand, basically, you wanna make you wanna make a calculated guess at what's the better what's the better upside. Um, a, a receiver, a, um, a a corner, or a pass rusher, and of right. course quarterback. But yeah, versus somebody you can get like in the second or third round. So you make a great point with that. So then I want to get to, and you've heard me say this already, but I want to make this point. And my boy Nick said on Facebook yesterday when I asked people to say who's a bust and who's not. My boy Nick, who's awesome said he doesn't think Eric Ebron was a bust because he was the top half of receiving for the Steelers last year or for the Colts last year, whoever he played for last year, right? Um, Eric Ebron was the 10th overall pick by the Detroit Lions in this draft. So they take a tight end with a top 10 pick. The Lions were bad, obviously, because they're the Lions. Mm -hmm. Here are the next five picks. And I like to use this metric to be like, well, who could they have gotten instead? So they okay. Ebron at 10. Here are the next five picks. Taylor Lewan, Odell Beckham Jr., <laughs> Aaron Donald, Kyle Fuller, and Ryan Shazier. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, now, the positions I say you should take. You should take wide receiver, Odell Beckham. You should take mm-hmm. pass rusher, Aaron Donald. You should take uh, cornerback, Kyle Fuller. You should take pass rusher, Ryan Shazier. Right? Any of them. Put any of them on that team with Stafford and Calvin. Yeah, I mean it's a great point. I mean, I can't, I can't argue. I can't argue that. I really. And the thing, and the thing that. is too, like, if I were to ask you, who is the best tight end ever? Just give me somebody. The best tight end ever? Yes. Jesus. It I mean, Mike, Mike, Mike Ditka. I don't know. Okay, Mike Ditka, Kellen Winslow, Shannon Sharp, Gronk in his prime. Right, all of them. Right, any of them. Would you take any of them over Aaron Donald? Oof. I'm just squad. 
I mean, that's a hard pause. Yeah, the answer is no, right? Yeah, that's a hard pause. And, and the yeah. reason is that, so that's the point. You could get the greatest tight end in the history of the game, and you it still would not have been better than taking Aaron Donald, yeah. right? Eric Ebron could have been Kel Winslow the third, I guess, and it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Could you mean, miss that Aaron? Yeah, he's a generate. I mean, I mean, you're talking. I mean, that's a that's generational talent. That's a that's a once in a lifetime. Like you better pull the trigger on that real quick. Don't be stupid. And then I want to talk about like a draft bust. What makes a draft bust a bust? And I asked you offline yesterday to to send me some names mm-hmm. for people you thought were were draft bust. Mm-hmm. And you sent me some really good ones. However. You sent me a lot of players that I feel like play the right positions to take a risk on, which is why I wanted you to um, to send them to me. So, like you mm-hmm. said, Courtney Brown, Derek Harvey, both mm-hmm. are huge plus, both were major pass rushers, though. So, mm-hmm. I'm okay with missing on that position, right? You put uh, Blake Bortles, who's the third overall pick. The, Je- the Jaguars took Blake Bortles third. Khalil Mack went fifth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good job. Um, of course, Jake Locker, who I knew would suck when he came in the league. Mm-hmm. So it's a quarterback. You're swinging for it. Whatever. Um, Justin Blackman, Achilles Smith, who, by the way, Achilles Smith, I thought was going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I did, too. I, <laughs> I, I mean, that that one is scrap, to this day. I'm like, how did that not work out? I don't, yeah, I I, don't know. Yeah, I have a tendency. I have a tendency to speak in a tone that implies that I know everything that I'm talking about. I thought Achilles Smith was going to the Hall of Fame, and I thought the Bucks were fraud. So let's just keep that in mind when I'm talking. Um, Lawrence Phillips, yes. He was a bust. Mm-hmm. Although he's also crazy. Yeah. Uh, Trent Richardson, which we'll get to. Um, Jamarcus Russell, Janie Manziel, Matt Leinert, Charles Rogers, RG3, Vernon Golston. They all yeah. qualify for the position of pass rush, wide receiver, defensive back. Mm-hmm. So, so while I agree with you that they are all boss and they're all terrible NFL players, mm-hmm. I can't get too mad at the teams for taking them because they are at the proper positions for taking them. Mm-hmm. To me, the bus are safeties, linebackers that don't rush the passer, those sort of players. Mm-hmm. You know, run stuffing defensive tackles, right? Not pass rushing defensive tackles like Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we're going to have huge busts at these huge critical positions. You know, this is a quarterback drafted in the first round this year. Three of them are probably going to be bad or okay. One's going to be mm-hmm. great. And one's going to be pretty good, right? This is mm-hmm. how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. But all the teams are justified in swinging on them, at least for four of them, because, like, you've got to have a quarterback to win it. It's mm. it's worth the chance of busting of getting the next Jake Locker to try to get the next Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. It is not worth getting the next Luke Keekley to pass on the next Jerry Rice. Yeah, I agree. Even though Luke Keekley is obviously the man, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, so that's where that's what I had going for uh, for this episode. Next episode, I do want to get into um, this year's draft. And also, my flaming hot take about running backs. Okay. You asked me, or you kind of posed a question out there to the universe that what makes a bust a bust? More yeah. Or less, other than obviously being a bad football player. Um, offline yesterday, we were we were we kind of bounced around 
the RG3 scenario, um, I think he's a boss. You kind of think, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, you kind of think that he's not because of what happened in Washington, but um, why would you think he's not a bust? I, I don't think somebody's a bust because something happens out of their control. So, for example, let's say, God forbid, Joe Burrow gets hit by a bus tomorrow and dies. Mm -hmm. Is he a bust? I mean, he he played one year, got hurt, and never played again. So technically, yes. But also something happened that was out of his control. And there are numerous studies that I can't like cite off the top of my head. But there are mm -hmm. numerous studies that show that injuries in football, even repetitive injuries to the same body part, are more uh, bad luck and happenstance than anything reflective about the individual. Mm -hmm. And so knowing that injuries are more luck-based than anything else, you know, RG3 was great until he got hurt, and he was never the same again after he got hurt. So it's possible Steve. he would have he flashed and been bad anyways, mm -hmm. but... His injury certainly derailed him, which is why I think it's hard to call him a bust necessarily. Well, well the reason I take the I take the other the other stance on that is because, and you make a great point, so I, I have to take my take my hat to you that uh you know if he got you know injured whatever, but RG 3s injuries weren't always the same injuries. I think in 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 Cleveland it was his shoulder. Uh, obviously, Washington was his knee. Um, and I and I mentioned to you the best ability in any sports is availability. Um, so you need to show up. You know there are there are many many examples of guys who who've played a lot of years um, of football and then after they retire they have a ton of surgeries or whatever it is. So durability to me durability is one of the one of the things you can't measure at the combine. Um, and speaking of the combine, I think you should run the forty in full equipment. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand. No, I, you laugh, but I, I, I think you should run it in full equipment because running it in your underwear basically doesn't tell me anything that you can get from point A to point B in you know forty seconds. How fast you are, but do it in equipment. Or if you're if you're doing a drill where you're passing to a receiver or you're or you're defending a pass, it should be a, it should be a matchup because you're doing it. You're going to be you did it in college where some conferences are weak and some games you're going to shine. But doing in the NFL, everyone's all American. Everyone's a, a you know could clean your clock in 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 that scenario. So going back to um, the RG three thing, I think he's a bust because of what you said earlier about you know the 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 draft stock they took him in, um, where they took him. Obviously, he's he's you know Heisman Trophy winner. You know had a great run at at um at Baylor, but again it didn't pan out to the NFL. Like if Trevor Lawrence pays plays three seasons and they, he doesn't reach the playoffs, would you say he's a bus? Well, not if he breaks his neck and is paralyzed. Well, <laughs> right? well I mean, I mean, RG three, again, it's, it's interesting that because injury has sustained his, his career, you know, it, 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 it derailed his career, but he wasn't injured in the same fashion. It wasn't just his, his knee, his knee right, was, but that's that's actually but the fact that the injuries are different parts of the body is actually an argument against what you're saying because that's even more bad luck than like you tear an ACL, you tear it again. Obviously, but you it, tear it, mostly tear it again. But, but again, durability. Dur that's a if if I draft Dave in the first round, right, as a pass rusher, my my thing is like you need to be you need to be available for me to to say, okay, well, you're a factor in these games. 
But if you're if you if you got winged in one of the games and you, you're not the same guy anymore, I can't really rely on that. I I drafted you to be there to be to be in the in these games. That's why the 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 um Lawrence Taylor and and um and uh comparisons to uh to old boy is is not is not valid because Lawrence Taylor was always available, coked up or not, but he was always available and he always he was a disruptor in games. JJ Watt is, you know, like you said, he's eh great. Right. And Lawrence and Lawrence Taylor is actually an interesting point to be bring up because again, these studies show that injuries in football are mostly just bad luck by and large. It's not a reflection mm-hmm. of a person, their build. Yeah, yeah. Every, it, it, it's like, yeah. How, it's like how, how tall will a baby be? Like you can sort of look at the parents and guess, but you don't really know. It's exactly. the same, same sort of thing here. So Lawrence Taylor, you know who wasn't a bust? You know who wasn't not durable? Was Joe Theismann, right? But yeah. Joe Theismann got his leg snapped in 84 pieces by Lawrence Taylor and it was just bad luck. Like Joe Theismann didn't do anything yeah. wrong, yeah. right? Bad luck. And so... And that's why that's why like when people go because Andrew Luck, who was the first overall pick before RG three, retired at twenty nine because of injuries. Nobody yeah. says he was. He never won the Super Bowl, yeah. but yeah, nobody but says he was because he, he made it he what? Was, but he was a uh, four more years. Yeah, he was a but but Andrew Luck and RG three. That's a great great comparison. Um, RG see when Andrew Luck got drafted and how he was tied as the next guy, he lived up to it. The Colts didn't, but he did. RG3 didn't live up to being RG3. But Andrew Luck missed so many games. He had to retire because of injuries. He's out of the league now. RG3 yeah, is yeah, because, 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 because of the Colts. The Colts was a leading factor in, in that. RG3 had a dumb coach tell him to go in when his leg is doing the Tootsie Roll. I'm like, how the fuck do you go back in a, into a game when you're like, he's hobbling. That was that was a fireable offense to me. Yeah, and and then they put on the kid and said, "Oh, he, it was his decision." Really? He's the he's he, he's your quarterback. You drafted high. You drafted him. Like you're gonna put him in the game for what? It wasn't a playoff. It wasn't a a, a Super Bowl. Like there was no point. RG, I'd be like, you know what? My leg hurts. Sitting out. There's no way Kirk Cousins taking my job, but I'm sitting out because my leg looks fucked up. You know. So he he let that for him to me. I think he's a bust because of the durability thing. But you're right. I I, I defer to your argument that it's not someone's fault that they get hurt and they can't right. they can't sustain it. But again, the the league is littered with players from yesteryear and, and last year and whatever who played through horrible situations. But again, if you if you're using the criteria, well, you and I about a bust, you want a guy to come in and make an immediate splash and continue that. You know, when we talk about guys who's had a Hall of Fame career, it's over a stretch. It's over. It's not one season and one season off. They've, they've, um, what was the guy from the Panthers back in the day that had three, three ACL injuries and came back? I forgot the linebacker's name, but he had three times his knee got destroyed and the guy came back three times to be a, 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 a pretty much all pro, you know? So I, I, you know, we can argue that till the cows come home. I just think that, you're right about injuries, but I, I think that availability and durability is a factor when you draft a guy. It's just like, you know what? Is he going to be, is he going to burn? Oh, Odell Beckham, and we can end on this if you want. Odell Beckham may end up being a bust. Just just kind of putting that in, in the stratosphere. He may end up being a bust. He flashed, and then he flamed out. 
So Odell Beckham won't be a bust for the same reason Andrew Luck isn't. It's 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 very similar. They flash. They don't win anything. They look great. They get hurt and they're done. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. You know, I don't think I don't think to be a bust. I think uh, what I'm saying is that to be a bust, you have to be so overdrafted. You have to be overdrafted. Yeah. No. Jamarcus Russell. You have to be Jamarcus Russell. Like, like this. the wrong position at the time. <laughs> yeah, Jamarcus Russell. That is. We look up bust in, in in the in the dictionary. That's that's it. That's like you paid for that, and then the guy didn't pan out at all. So I'm I'm going to tell you who the biggest bust of all time is, and it's not Jamarcus Russell because Jamarcus Russell was a quarterback. No, it was stupid because the second pick was Calvin Johnson, um, and the seventh pick was Adrian Peterson, um, and it was 2007. So my running back take didn't apply, but mm. uh, teaser for next episode, my running back take. So who's but the biggest bust of all time? The biggest bust of all time is Tony Mandridge. And the reason is because he was the second overall pick in 1989. He was an offensive tackle. And so the wrong position, first of all. I and mean, then you have to look at who was picked after him, right? So the first overall pick was Troy Aikman. Nothing the Packers could do about that. Then the yeah. Packers take Tony Mandridge. These are the next three picks in order. Are you ready? Yes, go. Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders. Oh shit! Okay, all right. <laughs> the defense, the defense rests. <laughs> yeah, Tony yeah. Mandridge guilty on all three counts of being the biggest bust See, in uh, in NFL history. I, I partially agree about about Mandridge be, because he did have a resurrection with the Colts. Um, I remember him like making a, but but I do remember to your point. I do remember my image of him. Two images of him is him standing on the cover of Sports Illustrated looking like an absolute titan, but then seeing Reggie White one with one hand push him into like the 10th row. So I'm like, okay. The Packers, <laughs> if the Packers had taken Barry Sanders instead, they could have had Farvin Barry for like 12 years. And probably four Super Bowls. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, that's you know, take Dion, take Derek Thomas. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't matter. That's why Tony Mandridge, because like offensive lineman, you just get another one in the third round. That's yeah. why yeah. I think Tony Mandridge is, is the biggest blessing. Okay. All right, so you win. You win. Tune in on Wednesday to hear the conclusion of this episode. Also visit the Matty Ice Media webpage for all subscribe links. Thank you for supporting Political Football.